The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. hands to heaven. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear. Let every heart be open to receive all that you have here this week. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17 and 18. It says, nevertheless, verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Now, when you look at the word changed, and I'm not talking about a once-off change, because when it comes to the things of God and the way the Lord works, somebody said, well, obviously you changed at the new birth. How many know that when you got saved, everything turned around and you look different, you walk different, you talk different, the things you used to do, you don't do anymore. How many know that? But then in your walk with God, as you're going along, uh, when people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we have so many testimonies along these lines of people that were baptized in the Holy Ghost and then stepped into another whole dimension. Are you with me? Or in their journey of life, as they're going along, suddenly they had an encounter with God and then you look at them again, you don't even know who these people are. Who are these people? Like we knew you, but we don't know who this is. Where we've even had testimonies where parents will be sitting there and they listen to their kids testifying, they go, I've never heard, I, I, that's my son. I can't believe he's, he's talking like that. That's my daughter. Children have been sitting, said, that can't be my mother. That, that can't be my, my father. Something has happened. Something has taken place. And it's a continual thing. From glory unto glory. That's why we always come around the things of God. We come hungry. We come thirsty. Because in a service that you just wrote off, God actually had something there for you. But you came, you were indifferent. You didn't come placing them on upon the anointing. But somebody else is having a life-changing transformation take place. And you go, well, you know, maybe it was just his day. Well, what about your day? There were many sick people the day that Jesus walked on the road to Jairus' house. In that multitude, there were many sick, but one woman pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. Everywhere Jesus went, 
supernatural things were happening from people that placed the demand upon the anointing. So I believe that this week on Transfigured or Transfiguration is going to be a life-changing, supernatural intervention of God in your life that's going to catapult you coming out of this week to where people are not even going to recognize you and say, I can't believe. They're going to go, where did you go? Did you get a facelift? I mean, what's happened to you? You look different. You talk different. You walk different. You don't sound like the same person. Plus, there's that sound in your voice. You know, as Pastor Eric was preaching, talked about God to give a sound in the camp of the enemy. Sometimes that sound is going to come through an anointed man or woman of God that's going to be there making a noise. That's what shakes the kingdom of darkness more than anything. And you just have to study through scripture and go all the way back and you'll see for whatever reason, I know, and I've heard me say this many times before, God uses mortal man to go do his bidding. He finds somebody who will just say, okay. Pastor Eric talked about the lepers. Hey, listen, God picks people that will say, yeah, I'll be available. I'll go. Would we be chosen by the elites? No, they would not choose us. They would not pick us because we didn't meet their criteria. And yet God says, you know, I'm going to pick that person. I'm going to use that individual over there. And somebody said, that's the worst person you can pick. God said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to pick them because they're not going to take the glory for themselves. They won't touch the glory. They're going to give me the glory and they don't care what other people think. That individual over there that you think they're the ones that are ready, they'll take the glory. They'll get puffed up with pride. Are you with me? And I won't be able to use them. I can use them momentarily, but I'm going to take this person over here. God looks for the humble and he looks for those that will say, okay, Lord, here I am. So a new day to be transfigured is going to be a new day, a new realm. And you're being changed to be more and more like Jesus. That's what I'm believing for because I'm not there yet. You know, people come say, well, Jesus wouldn't do that. I said, look, I don't know who you're expecting. I'm not Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus wouldn't do that. I know he wouldn't do that, but I'm not Jesus yet. Amen. I watch all these super spiritual preachers and they go around. You would think they were better than Jesus the way they are. They act like their farts don't stink. <laughs> no, they're holier than thou. Sorry, yes, I did use the word fart. I apologize. But the bottom line, no, you would think, you would think that it's perfume. Everywhere they go, it's just perfume. They woke up in the morning, they split the baptismal font in half, I mean, they bought up in half, they walked on the lake. That was just before breakfast. You would think they were giving God advice on how to run his kingdom. I meet them. I meet them all the time. I go, boy, I'll tell you what, you next level in your own head. And the more titles they get, 
Hello? But no power. Nothing. Just words. Just words. So this is so important that you understand it. The Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. That means whatever's holding you back, the fear of man, hello, unforgiveness, bitterness, we can go through all the different things that plague the heart of man. But when the glory of God comes on you, God sets you free, and then he takes you from glory into glory. Someone said, well, why doesn't God just do the whole thing right now? Because you couldn't handle it right now. I cannot stress this enough to tell you this is why you're going to have to need a glorified body when you get to heaven. Because if God did everything right now, you'd just be with him. You would just be. You, you, you'd be here one moment and then you'd just be with him. When the power of God comes on you, 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 you don't even know what to do with it physically. I don't. Maybe you do. There's others preachers that are higher than I am, they can handle everything. I tell you, just one moment in his presence, I'm like, I'm, I'm a mess. Are you with me? And I'm going to stay that way. I'm not going to pretend or, you know, try to act like, you know, we can handle all of this. That's just the anointing. No, it's holy and it's powerful and it's awesome and he's amazing and he's wonderful and he's glorious. Can you say amen? And he comes to flood our life. So, as I mentioned, when you get saved, you become a new creature. All things pass away. All things become new. But we are being changed from glory under glory. Say this to me. Glory, glory. Under, glory. under glory. Say it again. Glory. Say it again. Glory. Now, how many, when you look back in your life, you remember you had an encounter with God and you experienced a realm of the glory of God that caused you to be changed. Wave your hand at me. Okay. And then you look back and there was another time and you experienced a touch from heaven and then you were changed. And then you look back and then there was another time. How many can look back over the calendar years and you say, yeah, it was over there. Yes, it was over there. Yes, it was over here. I look back in my own life. <laughs> I have to be careful. Not to go, go there right now. It's Sunday morning, you know, but just, just what happened in the early hours of March the 17th. Amen. But let's move on. Let's go to Matthew's gospel. And I'm only doing this because I want to get the word out here, and then whatever the Lord wants to do, that's his business. Can you say amen? Go, 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 go to Matthew. Go to Matthew 17. And verse 1, this is so powerful what took place here. After six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringing them up to a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. His face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white like light. So his face shone like the sun, and his clothes were shining like a glistening of light. And behold, there appeared unto Moses and Elias talking with him. So this, I mean, no, Moses is dead. Moses is gone years. 
Elias is gone. But there they were. So this was a stepping into a heavenly dimension, which what you don't understand is there's another realm that's greater than the realm that you're actually looking at right now. The realm that you could touch, you could reach out and touch somebody, you see them right in front of you, but there's another realm that's more real than this realm. It's the realm where God lives. Can you say amen? amen. This realm, we in our physical body. We have our five physical senses. We can communicate with people in the physical body. But if your eyes were open, suddenly you would see into another dimension. It's the realm where angels are. It's the angelic hosts that encamp about us, which if you just knew what that meant, that would transform your life. First of all, all fear would leave you because you would never be afraid again because you know that his, his angels encamp about you. Are you with me? Now, there's people over the years, they've seen the angels that are with me. And uh, somebody said, well, do you want to see them? Not necessarily, not, not interested. Just let, as long as they do their job, I'm happy. Can you say amen? <laughs> really not interested. I, I was with people said, you know, they said, your angel's right there behind you. I said, great. I said, they said, well, do you want to talk? I said, I have nothing to say to the angel, nothing. I just... I know that they're there to protect you in your ways of obedience and service. Are you with me? So as long as you're obedient to obey the Holy Ghost, they get working and they do the work of God. If you're disobedient, they step back and then other little things start working on your behalf. Little things, you know. We won't, get, we won't go to that because you don't want those things working on your behalf or hanging around you. So yeah, his face shone, his clothes, it was glistening. And, and we've heard testimonies like that. There, there was a revival that shook the whole of East Africa back in the 30s. And, and they were called the shining ones. They, they, they worshiped, their faces shone. The, the whole faces shone. Everything about them glowed. So they were being transfigured as they pressed into the things of the presence of God. And out of that came the move of God that hit the whole of East Africa and spread even to other regions. Back in, until about 1930, back in the last century. Now, so here's Moses and Elias talking about And then Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Why would he even say that? Because there's no better place to be than in this realm of the glory of God. It's nothing greater. Once you experience it, there's nothing higher. There's no drug. There's no feeling. There's no out. Nothing. There's no, nothing can compare with what I'm talking about right now. So he said, Lord, it's good for us to be here if you want to. Let us make three tabernacles. Basically, let's build three churches here. One for Moses, one for you, yeah, one for you. She's had to have one. And one for Moses, one for Elias. So that's a typical thing that man does. The moment God begins to move, then man comes, puts the parameters, and he builds his own little denomination. That's why you have all these churches going around. You have all these different groups, and each group attacks the other one. They're not real. We were actually on the Mount of Transfiguration. They weren't. They lied. They pretend, whatever. And so that's where all the competition comes about. 
but ultimately it's all about his presence. Now, if you were not there on the Mount of Transfiguration and you heard about it, you would, you would poo-poo it. You would say, ah, that's just nothing. And let me tell you right now, uh, they, they, they think they were with Jesus. Wait, you don't know because you weren't there. You didn't experience it. But when you come to that place where you actually experience it, you, you stepped into another dimension. You can't deny that. You would have to lie to deny that. And then how do you hide it? How do you go around pretending, especially a preacher of the gospel now, how do you go around pretending that that realm doesn't exist? Listen to me. How do you go around pretending that that realm doesn't exist? Because the moment you begin to speak about it, you're going to be alienated. And you're going to be called all kinds of names. Oh, those are those transfigured ones. Now, Jesus never even said, you know, Peter, that's a great idea. What a phenomenal idea. That's it. Call the rest of the disciples. I want a tabernacle here made for me and then one for Moses and Elias. He didn't. He's like, Peter, you're always going to have somebody just talking, you know. Right in the middle of the glory of God, you've got somebody yapping away. (laughs) I never can ever understand. We're right in the middle of the move of God and somebody opens their mouth and says the dumbest, stupid thing. Like so far away that's got nothing to do with what God's doing and you just look at them like that. We've had meetings here where the power of God's falling. One preacher got up to bring a book to come and give the book to me. It's in the myth. The the glory of God is saturating the place and wanted to come and bring a book to hand the book to somebody for me. You can't wait till the end of the service. It shows you how disconnected the guy is. He has no clue what's happening. I'm not talking about a, a, a novice. I'm talking about somebody been in the ministry over 50 years. Oh, I got this book. I just, let me give this, uh, this uh, please give this to Pastor Rodney. I, the power of God is for no clue. Like a goose lost in a thunderstorm. You just look, where did that come from? Now it says here, while he had spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, he, him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and they were so afraid. Why? Somebody said, well, I tell you, I I don't want anything that's going to make me afraid. When you stand before the creator of heaven and earth, your knees will have fellowship one with the other. And Jesus came and touched them and said, arise, be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. 
And they came down from the mountain and Jesus charged them saying, tell the vision to no man until the son of man be risen again from the dead. So I can just imagine, obviously they were impacted by that. You come off the mountain, you know, other disciples, where were you? Well, can't really tell you too much. Yeah, but you went up there with Jesus. What happened? What happens on the mountain stays on the mountain. <laughs> I, I can't tell you. I've been told not to tell. I can't tell. But then you think about it. How do you tell something like that without looking like a lunatic? Okay, so we went up there, you know. And, and we were up there, and suddenly, Jesus' appearance changed right in front of us. His face was shining like the sun. His clothes were glistening. And then Moses and Elias, you idiot. They've been dead for so long. No, no, they were there. They were talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You lost it. You guys have lost your mind. And they didn't. It happened. Now, do certain people pretend certain things? Yeah. Do certain people, I'm not mentioning names here, I'm not even thinking of a name, I'm just, it's just a scenario. Do they try to make some things up? Sure. That's how people are. But let me tell you, when it's real and it's happened, So, I mean, over the years, I've had people tell me, so we're lucky to come preach, but if you just leave that out of your message, just don't like mention anything about that. What do you want me to do? I can't make up a message. Hello? Well, we don't want to offend anybody. Maybe that's why Jesus just took who he took up there. He didn't take everybody. He didn't take a thousand people up there. Can you imagine a thousand people up there? What would have happened? There would have been 15 tabernacles, mate. You travel to Israel today, and everywhere a biblical event took place, there's a shrine erected. Whether it be Coptics, Catholics, Islam, 
Every religion claims something back to that time period. Because they want to hold something that contains something. The glory of God is not contained in any ground or any, you know, oh yeah, a revival happened here 200 years ago. There was an Indian tribe that was here and a missionary came from Spain and they had a mighty revival and it's in the ground here. Underneath. No, God's power lives in people. It doesn't live in, in ground. Besides that, the Holy Ghost is omnipresent. So, I, I mean, I just know what, what happened to me. I mean, from the time I got touched in 1979, I wanted everybody to get touched by the power of God. If it was up to me, I'd get everybody zapped right on the first day. But I can't. I mean, if it was up to me, the whole place would be plowed. Flattened. Are you with me? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know any different. But we, we can't get hungry for people. We can't get thirsty for people. And we can't be the ones to determine we're going to press in and receive all that heaven has. There's so many distractions that come your way. That's why, thank God for the thousands that are registered to watch online. I mean, I pray that you get what you registered for. But I just know how many distractions there are. People sitting in a service and, and they can't receive because they really need to go to the restroom. Go! <laughs> and then come back and receive. But I promise you, you're not going to get touched in the restroom. But they're so beautiful, Pastor. They, the restrooms are beautiful. I know, we made them like that. But you're not going to get what you need there. What do you believe in the Lord for this week? What have you asked God for? What have you, in the privacy of your own life, said, Lord, okay, Transfigured. I'm believing for these things to take place. Whether it is a completion of what God's going to do in your life or just the initial start of what God's, because it's from glory unto glory. He changes you from glory unto glory. You know, I just got so much of church history that I've studied, and when you look at it, you begin to understand. You see, you see a, a, a monastery was erected, or something was erected there, and then you hear the story of the people that actually, obviously they must have had an encounter with the, with the Spirit of God. Why did they even build that place there? But then it became, after their death, the thing took on all these other meanings and all these other things. Are you with me? 
and they still think that they have it. There, there's some people that believe they're the only true church. There's nobody else. Anybody that does not follow their way of thinking, they, they, they're not of God. And yet this would blow everybody's mindset. Well, you know, it's fine. It's in the Bible. It's Jesus. But God doesn't move like that today. Um, okay. Well, what's so crazy is that after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, there was somebody by the name of Saul of Tarsus who was on the road to Damascus and a light shone from heaven. Now I can go on and on and show you, even under the old covenant, there are types and shadows of this taking place. Moses up on the mount. The Bible says when he came off the mount, his face was shining brighter than the sun. They're here to cover his face with a veil because the people couldn't even look at him. So this is not out of the ordinary. This is not something that we're making up. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, Rodney Brown, he's making up stuff now for the 21st century that really is only relegated to Bible days. No, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If, if he walks into your living room, you're not going to be the same again. If, if, if you have an encounter with God, it's not going to be anything just like normal. Well, I just like to be normal. I like to be accepted. I want to be, you know, uh, noticed. Uh, I like to build a ministry where everybody just loves me. <laughs> Gee, you're in the wrong room. I promise you right now. Because whatever you get, if you get it and it's real and it's genuine, the enemy hates that because he knows that captives are going to get set free. He doesn't mind you having some nominal kind of ministry. Hello, that goes around and give information, which we don't raise up. That's not what we're raising up here at River University. We're raising up people that carry the power of the word and the power of the spirit. How do they do that if they don't have an encounter or are transfigured by the spirit of God personally for themselves? Then they'll just be repeating what other people say. No, it's not what other people say. It's what the word says. And it's what's real to you. Can you say amen? amen. And this works for 15-year-olds and it works for 82-year-olds. Living proof of what I'm talking about. And on both of those cases, the religious order would not have allowed that. Wouldn't have allowed it. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you meet the criteria. You meet the criteria here because the criteria is to obey Jesus and do exactly what he tells you to do. So think about this again. Jesus' appearance underwent a change in their presence. His face shone like the sun. His clothing became as white as light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel, I feel that right now. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to Exodus chapter 33.
I want to look at verse 18. Now we're talking about Moses here, which I made mention of. And he said, I beseech you, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness, which that's what his glory is. That's his goodness. That's why when, when you feel it, that's why Peter said it's good for us to be here because it was his goodness. It's everything you're looking for. Everything you're looking for is found in the glory of God. So he said, I will make my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, show mercy on whom I'll show mercy. And he said, you cannot see my face for there shall no man see my face and live. Which is interesting that um, Moses was the one on the Mount of Transfiguration. So I think that first encounter he had with God ruined him. Just ruined him. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee on, on, on a cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass. And I will take away my hand, and you will see my back parts, and my face will not be seen. So God put him in the cleft of the rock, covered him with his hand, and then he walked by, took his hand away, and Moses looked just on the back of God, and the Bible says that they had to put a veil over his face. Exodus 34 and verse 29, it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, that with two tablets of testimony in his, in his hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. And when Aaron, all the children of Israel, saw Moses, behold, his skin of his face shone, they were afraid to come near him. Same kind of fear. They, they were so afraid. Jesus said, don't be afraid. They were afraid to come near him. Why? Because of the glory of God. What's the thing that's holding the majority of the church away from the ultimate fullness of the presence of God is fear. They're afraid. And especially in the area of ministers because they can't control what is going on. They don't want to let the thing go, get out of control. You'll watch many of the services and you'll see when the power of God falls, I just step back. I don't do anything because I actually don't need to do anything because God's doing the work. If you're watching my television, you say, I tuned in. The preacher's been standing there for 20 minutes just looking around the, the crowd. Then they go, where's the preaching of the word? Um, the preaching of the word has caused a great commotion. So they automatically think every time you're up here, you should be talking the whole time. Well, you can talk, but when the fire falls, let it fall. So Moses' face shone. It was the glory of God that was seen on his face. Aaron and all the children of Israel were afraid. Then look at verse 33. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face, just so that, you know, he could talk from behind the veil. 
Some say, well, we need to have that today. There's no need to have that today because there is nothing shining. The only thing I would ask for a veil is because your face is ugly. I probably shouldn't have said that, but put a bag over your head. (laughs) Some people, they need a bag over their head, not because of the glory of God, but they're just ugly. I'm not talking about anybody here in the service today. I'm talking about the people sitting grumbling at me watching in your home. And when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out, and he came out and spake with the children of Israel as he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses and the skin of Moses shone, and Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went to speak with him. Moses' face shone so brightly he had to wear a veil in the presence of the people, but not in the presence of God. Because the presence of God just shines right through you. And you can't hide one thing. He knows everything. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, which is just prior to the other scriptures we read earlier, and not as Moses which put a veil over his face, the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded For until this day, there remaineth the same veil until taken away in reading in the Old Testament. The veil is done away in Christ, which if you travel to the Middle East, you'll see there's a veil over the face. They cannot see. They can't see. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are giving Jewish people a free ride up the side, you know, just because God has mercy, you got. But there is no dual covenant. There's only one way, and that's through the blood of Jesus to come. And... It doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, Greek, you have to come to the cross of Calvary and you have to repent of your sin and ask Jesus to come and forgive you. That's the way it works. Can you say amen? Amen. Somebody said, well, they're going to be offended as they were back in Bible days. The same ones that hung him on a cross, they will be offended. Somebody said, well, you're saying your way is the only right way. I never said my way is the only right way. I said the way of Jesus is the only right way. Are you with me? The way of Jesus is the right way. Hallelujah. Now, there are dimensions of the glory of God that as a human being that you can press in and you can begin to participate and things that will blow your mind, things that will seem way out, far out, that would be similar in the accounts of what we've just read because God will come and reveal himself to people. I know this story just in my, my own father who told me this. I mean, of course, I knew when this happened to him. I wasn't there when it took place. I had a little boy, five, six, seven years old, all the supernatural things that took place in our house. But my, my dad tells a story. He said, you know, you see, he was standing in a prayer meeting. He was praying. And the power of God came upon him, and uh, <laughs> he said, the anointing was so strong on him, he said, that I st- he said, I stepped outside my body. 
And I turned and I saw myself at the prayer meeting praying. And I looked and my body fell over. And I, I thought to myself, huh, just like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> so which shows you, just because you're under the naughty, your brain doesn't stop working. You still, you're a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. He, he had stepped aside and his body fell out and he thought, huh, just like a sack of potatoes. But he said, he said, I was so afraid I felt that God was going to show me some things and I didn't feel I was ready for it. And I said, Lord, no, please, please, I can't, no. And he said, the next thing I knew, I came around, I was on the floor, I was under power. And he said to me, I always regret that day that I told the Lord no. Because he said, I believe God wanted to show me something. Now he says, well, I wouldn't be afraid. You have no understanding of what you talk about. If you, in a prayer meeting, everybody's praying, and suddenly you step aside from your body and looking at your, you're looking at yourself, and yourself falls over. <laughs> and you realize, there's my body, I'm here. Now, don't go lie, say pastor believes in traveling outside your body and he believes in astral travel. Go, whatever, man, please. I'm just telling you what happened to my father. I, and he was a godly man. And uh, he taught me many, 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 many things about the life of the supernatural and the power of God. I knew the story of how they were baptized in the Holy Ghost in our living room. My dad, my mom, and my I have two older brothers, one's 12 years older than me, one's 14 years older than me. My brother, 12 years older than me, they were sitting in the living room and they had not received the baptism. He, I don't know how old he was. My mom and dad were saved, you know, but they hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so they were pressing in. And my dad was praying. There was nobody there, you know, just the three of them praying. And my dad said, suddenly he looked up at the ceiling and disappeared. There was no roof on the house. He said, I could see the stars. And he said, I looked up in the stars and he said, it was like a light, a, a star would look like a star, just started coming closer and closer, got brighter and brighter. It was, you know, a size like the moon and then bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it passed his peripheral vision and come right through the ceiling and hit him, boom. And then the second one came and hit him, boom. And the third one hit him and he began to speak in other tongues. At the same time, my mother's sitting right there. The power of God hit her. My brother counted 13 languages she, she spoke in 13 different languages, different distinct languages. So, you, you know, somebody, well, they made it up. My parents didn't make anything up. And definitely not my mother. Somebody said, well, I'd like to get baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak. And say, that's, not, that's not us to even offer that to you. 
I don't know how hungry you are, but I promise you, those that will press into the things of God, God will come and visit you. The Lord will come. It doesn't matter where you're watching around the world right now. God will come to your house. The Lord will find you in remote places, in remote villages. It's got nothing to do with where you live. It's got nothing to do with how much money you have or don't have. You can't go to school to learn enough to even facilitate this. This is something that is very personal that's between you and God. But I promise you, you'll never be the same again. And you might want to think about the consequences because you won't fit into the same circles you used to fit into. Because if people think you're crazy now, they ain't ready for what's coming. And then you won't be able to go anywhere. I mean, why do you think Jesus said, don't tell anybody till after I've been raised from the dead? Why? Because after he raised from the dead, that's when the Holy Ghost was going to show up. Are you with me? And they would all get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So there would be a better understanding of it. That's why he said, don't say anything. That's why we, we want to go into every place, get everybody baptized in the Holy Spirit so they can begin to understand the basics of the supernatural and what God's doing. Otherwise, you don't know. How do you know? You don't know. Oh, you, you just them tongue talkers. You those happy clappers. You, you, you roll in the floor. You those holy rollers. Well, at least we holy and roll. We're not self-righteous sitters. Now, I want to say this, and uh, I'm not going to go much longer here. We'll carry on tonight. I want to say this. This is not going to come just by talking about it. And God has done many things here over the years. Literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that have come through here that have been touched and changed and transformed. And transfigured, if you would say that. But remember, the Lord looks upon you. It's not what you do publicly. It's privately what you're pressing in for. And that's what God rewards It's not about coming down to the altar and playing some religious game. Come here, young man. Yeah, come here. Bring him right over here. 
Lift your hands. Fire! On the top of your head. And the soles of your feet. Remember what I said. If it's up to me, I get everybody. I, I'm just a vessel. Why him? I don't know. I don't know. Come here. Step right over here. Lift your hands. Fuego! Fuego de Dios. Now, it's not just in the act of falling on the back. It's what God's doing with them personally. That's got nothing to do with me. Some of the testimonies you might wait five, ten years from, and then you find out what the Lord told them to do, and then you look in their life, and you see the fruit of what God told them to do is being made manifest. And they say, I was at that meeting on the 21st day of January. It was about 10 minutes past 1 o'clock, and the man of God pointed his hand at me, and I was called out and fell under the power, and then God spoke to me and told me what to do. This gentleman right here, yeah, step over this way, come over this side. Somebody said, on a Sunday morning, I mean, can't we wait till the night service? Why does this have to be on a Sunday morning? Fire from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. So, all the Lord told me to do was preach his word. What, I, what I've shared with you is his word. I didn't make that up. I didn't write the scriptures in Corinthians. I didn't write the scriptures in Exodus. I have nothing to do with it. I'm just reading from the Bible. It's only the ones that would say that that's not for today that would refute what's going on here today. But you come from another persuasion because we believe it is for today. So that's the difference of opinion. You say it's not for today. You don't see anything. We say it is for today, and we see it all. Come over from the dark side. Imagine if I'm embarrassed. If I'm embarrassed by everything God's doing, then I don't want this to happen. Me while back at the ranch, I know what God can do and transform people's life. And I just stand there and give it like a nice message. And uh, you, if you get this book, it'll just help you as you, your mind, you'll think differently and there'll be a trans, whatever. 
How many books do you have that they told you that was going to happen and the book sits on the shelf? Huh? Huh? I'm sure it's a good book, but it's sat on the shelf. The only time that you might get transfigured is if it falls off the shelf, <laughs> hits you in the head, and you came to your senses. Amen. We've got to get people under the anointing. We've got to get them under the spout where the glory comes out. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said, but it'll get out of hand. You mean like it did on the mount? I want to pray with Scott. Bring your wife, both of you come here. Scott DuPont, he's from uh, Volusia County. He's running for circuit judge. He came this morning for prayer. He said, I need a touch from heaven. He is a judge, but he's running again. Come right here. Drove all the way. Couldn't come during the week because of uh, all the court stuff. Step forward, step forward. Fire! In the name of Jesus, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. This makes preachers nervous. Things are getting out of hand. The service was fine until they got out of hand. Now, I thought this was quite pretty amazing. We have a young lady who came in here for this conference who I knew her when she was 17 years of age. And you've heard me tell the story of the young lady that froze in the trance publicly. She's right here today, brought her son. And they came in from Southern Africa. Nola, stand up. She's turning 50 this next month. So shows you what 33 years ago. And the Lord's used her in a powerful way. This is a boy, Brody. And he's coming to River University. Yeah. So the impact on our life, and you'll hear the story during the course of this week, was so great that this was one of her school friends who now lives in Fort Lauderdale who called her Nutty Nola. So you still have your email as Nutty Nola? She just kept the email because she called her Nutty Nola because she was so impacted by the glory of God. When she was 17, she wasn't for the things of God. It was the fire of God that hit her, that froze her in the lobby of a church. I was called at quarter past 11 at night, said, what you preaching about has happened. I said, what do you mean? She said, there's a girl frozen in the lobby of the church. I said, you kidding me? So I run right out there. She was frozen in the lobby of the church. Like this, 
with our eyes open, <laughs> pointing at a video. And her mother, little Methodist lady, thinks, oh, my daughter, tried to grab her daughter to take her home. And as she grabbed her arm, fell under the power. Mother gets up, grabs the daughter again under the power. Gets up, tries to, I said, listen, maybe you want to leave your daughter alone just for a second. They carried her out of there. I looked out the window there. She's in the car like this. They laid her in her bed. They covered her with a blanket, still lying like this. The next morning, there was a Thursday night. The next morning, special anointing service. I'm up, there's a thousand people. What was this, 91? 1991, huh? 1990, it was 1990, okay. 1990, back in the last century. Okay, so, so, so this is anointing service. I'm up leading worship, and we, we're doing that song, The Glory is Here, The Glory is Here, I can sense His mighty presence, the very atmosphere. Whatever you may need, just reach out and receive and say it's mine and take it now. And I'm watching, and then there she comes in the door. I thought, okay, well, then she got hit, but she seems normal. She seems fine. She's carrying a Bible and a book, and she walked across the back, and she went into suspended animation and froze in a trance at the back en route to her seat. Now, I couldn't even replicate it because it looked like a movie that you slowed down. Everything was in sync. Are you with me? And, and she just went like this and just froze and stood like that for about 15 minutes. I can't remember how long. I know it was long enough for me to tell the crowd, you heard what I preached last night. Just turn and have a look and then look back here. And you could hear the whole crowd because there she was, frozen. 15 minutes later, she kind of unfroze and walked like there was nothing, like nothing had ever happened. Like she was in the same thing, nothing, and just walked down the aisle, came, sat down and opened a notebook. Now, there's so many of these things you, you think, okay, Lord, I'm ready for the joy. The joy is one thing, but I can't have people freezing. <laughs> I can't have people frozen in a trance. You come to a service and there's somebody like this. <laughs> not blinking, not even blinking. No, no, not bl blinking. This And there might be some people here say, boy, I, I need to leave this conference right now. I, look, the Lord can smack you in your hotel room. God can smack you in your bedroom. The Lord can smack you in your living room. The fire came in my bedroom at 10 after 2 in the early hours of the morning. It's got nothing to do with where you are. Somebody said, well, why did that happen in church? Because we facilitated it in the church setting. Somebody said, well, do we have to, is, it, is the church the correct place to do these things? Um, is there another club we can go to here in Tampa? <laughs> but on a Sunday morning, well, God, God can move anytime he wants to, but why can't he move on a Sunday morning? Or is Sunday morning just a facade? I'm just asking. Somebody said it's messy. Yeah, it looks messy to you. 
You were to come off the Mount of Transfiguration. It was messy, man. And then I was talking to two dead people were there. And I'm definitely not telling anybody. Here's the bottom line. If suddenly we looked and there was a stairway going straight up to heaven and we could exit, you can't tell me. First of all, I'd be the first one running up there. But I, I'll tell you right there. there ain't no way I'm coming back. There's no ways in the 150 million years that I'm coming back. I'm out of here. That's why the Lord would never allow that. Would you come back? Would you come back? Would you come back? Not a chance. That's why the Lord wouldn't give you that opportunity. Because he doesn't need you up there, he needs you down here to carry his power and carry his anointing to a lost and dying world. Can you say amen? amen? Which the church just wants to build a tabernacle and stay in the glory. We, we just in the glory. We, we in the, the glory is for a purpose. The anointing is for a purpose so you can go out and reach a lost and dying world. Not so you can stay camped out in some tabernacle on some mountain. Hello. Well, I haven't spoken in seven years. The glory makes you go talk, makes you go tell. Are you with me? The real glory of God. The religious glory shuts you up. Hello. So just open your heart. Don't tell the Lord, well, I'll take it, but I don't want what the judge just got. And just so you know, you don't have to be a judge to receive this. Are you with me? But God knows if any group of people in our country need this, it's our judges. May God hit every court in America. And that's why we preach in these things, because everybody thinks it's all finished, it's all done, it's all over. There's nothing we can do about it. But suddenly, there shine from heaven a light. In 2024, it looked like everything was done and gone. And everyone said, it's finished. It's over. 
There's no way through. Canada felt there was no way through. America felt there was no way through. South Africa felt there was no way through. The United Kingdom and then all the nations of the earth. But suddenly, everything turned by the hand of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to be prayed over. You don't have to be singled out or pointed out. None of these people, I mean, I'm talking about in the Bible, were actually prayed over or pointed out or singled out. Very interesting, Peter, as much as he was with his mouth and you know, run off and even had to be rebuked, get to behind me, say, you know, that kind of stuff, yet and denied the Lord on three occasions, yet he was the one that preached the Pentecostal message. And the Lord went on to use him in, 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 in a great way. Are you with me? Thomas, the doubter, yet God used him in a great way, powerful way. And uh, then that goes for all the apostles that the Lord used. Unfortunately, Judas, he went another way. You know, so you, out of every 12, there's always going to be one Judas. And that's just the percentage. So this week is going to be a week of transfiguration in the lives of each and every person. And I'll get more into all this tonight. If you're watching on all the streams, you better go to, uh, well, the streams are fine, but the satellites were already off. I didn't realize at the time it just disappeared, gone on us. <sighs> time. I hate time. It's so short. Eternity is so long. Amen. I want everybody to bow your heads, if you would, please. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're watching by way of television or on our own network and all the streaming platforms. If you're watching today, and I want to give an invitation. Maybe you came today, a friend brought you, or you're watching, you're just flipping through the channels. And you've never given your life to Jesus. Never said, Lord, come be my savior. But I want you to know he loves you. He loves you so much that he came to die for you. And the reason you're hearing this is because he came and touched me as a boy in Africa all those years ago and sent me to the nation of the earth.
God sent me to America as a missionary. I'm only here because of the call of God. If God can touch this African boy, then he can touch every single one of you and you that are watching, wherever you are. You just have to be real with him and say, yes, Lord. I'm surrendering my life to you today. I'm going to come. I will come just as I am. I'm not going to go away, try to change myself, then come back when I feel I'm more acceptable to you. You come just as you are and repent. And say, I surrender my life to you today. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? You went home, put your head on your pillow in the middle of the night, you breathe out your last breath. Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sin is plunged beneath that flood, lose all the guilty stain. Today, the power of sin is broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You came in your one way, but you'll leave another way. Today, Jesus is standing with arms right open and says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come. He says, come. He will not push you away. He says, come. Will you surrender to him and say, yes, Lord. Maybe you here today, you say, pastor, I gave my life to the Lord years ago. But things have grabbed a hold of me. Things that have clogged up my heart. I used to be on fire for God. I had testimonies like what some of the testimonies were told here today. But that's so far removed from me now. But I want you to know he can take out the stony heart and put it in heart of flesh. Maybe there's hidden things that nobody knows. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. He wants to come by his power and remove that from your life today if you'll surrender and say, yes, Lord. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's outward that everyone can see, which makes it even worse because then you say, well, what's the use? Everybody knows how bad I am. God's a God of a second chance and a new beginning. And he says, come, will you surrender afresh to him today and say, yes, this will be a new day for me. From today, I'm going to be transfigured and I'm going to be changed from glory unto glory. Then maybe you hear, you're watching my way of television. You say, Pastor, I love God, but a storm came against my life that hit me like a Mack truck from hell. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, a loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. It took your breath away. But you say today, I want to come back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. He will come. And then lastly, if you hear and you say, Pastor, I do love the Lord, but I have a constant problem and the problem is between my head. In my heart, I know that I gave my life to Jesus, but my head, I got the devil lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved. And I want to make sure, I want to know that I know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. If this is you and you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are. Won't you quickly just slip up your hand and say, pray for me right now. I need Jesus. Up at the balcony, thank you. God bless you. Another hand over there on the main floor quickly over here, there. 
under the overhangs on either side. Quickly raise up all over there. Thank you. God bless you. Up at the balcony. Just slip it up high and say, yes, that's me. I'm not leaving this place the same way I came. Today is my day of surrender. Now, once you've raised it, you may put it down. I want you to look at me quickly. Up in the north balcony, if you didn't raise your hand but want to be included in the prayer, we're going to pray right now quickly. Just slip that hand up and say, include me. Anybody else? Anyone else? Here on the floor, under the north balcony, and under the overhang there, anybody else? You didn't raise your hand but want to be included in the prayer, we're going to pray. Quickly put your hand up right now and say, include me. Thank you. Anyone else? Just say, yes, Lord. The west balcony, you didn't raise your hand but want to be included. Slip your hand up right now and say, include me. Anybody else? What about on the floor right here? It's right at the back. Another hand, another hand there. Anybody else? Another hand there, another hand there. Anybody else? Another hand over here. Another hand over there. Anyone else? Slip it up high. South balcony, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Right up at the top. And then down over in this section here, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Right under the overhang, yes. Anybody else? I'm going to ask every person to raise your hand if you would stand to your feet. Right now, please stand. All across the room, stand. Now, so here's what we're going to do. I want you to bring your personal belongings and come stand right in the altar. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Come stand right here, if you would, please. We'll wait for you from the balcony because you're going to have to go down the stairs and come around. We'll wait for you. All those in the balcony, make your way down. Come. Come right now. I have decided no turning back. Cross before me. Give me Jesus. 
You can take the whole world. But give me Jesus. You can take the whole world. But give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I want everybody here, if you would please, just to look at me. Standing here today are people that have come in different calls. Some came for the very first time, say, yes, Lord. Others came to recommit their life. Others come to make sure. But if you mean business with God, God means business with you. Because it's a very personal thing. And that's the way God works. So we're going to pray a simple prayer. One prayer fits all. We pray in faith. You believe with your heart. You speak with your mouth. That's how this whole thing is done. You can't earn this. You cannot buy this. You can't go pay the price for it. It was already paid for in Calvary. We can't put a cross up in the parking lot and go beat you and hang you there until you feel you've paid the price for your sin. Jesus already did that. So do we earn this? No. It's called grace. It's what we don't deserve. And we receive it by faith. Then he died for you. He bled for you. He suffered for you. And today, you receive that free gift of salvation, which we're going to do that right now. So I want you to close your eyes right now and then just raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And then pray this prayer together with me. Believe it. In your heart, and say it with your mouth, say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart, that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. Right now, by faith, in the finished work of the cross, and by the shed blood of Jesus, I receive the free gift of salvation. I'm born again. 
and I'm saved, and I'm on my way to heaven because Jesus is in my heart. Now just lift your hands. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood. Seal every single one of them. That on that day, let not one be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation. I break every bondage, every addiction, everything that's held them back is broken from this day. And I set them totally free by the power and by the blood of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.